Hi, my name is Jorge Cruz, and I'm the number one New York Times bestselling author and leading fitness, nutrition, and peak performance trainer to the world's busiest celebrities. You may have seen my work with Oprah Winfrey, Khloe Kardashian, Tyra Banks, Kelly Clarkson, or even Dr. Oz. My career started because in my early 20s, I was out of control and addicted to sweets, carbs, and salty snacks. And experts told me to simply count calories to get control. They were wrong. My passion to get control of my hunger led me to find simple ways backed by science that would turn off physical hunger as well as my emotional eating instantly. And I know I can help you too. Welcome to The Jorge Cruz Show. Well, happy Monday. This is Jorge, and welcome to the Jorge Cruz Show. Uh, it is Monday, the 25th of January. I'm super excited. Pardon my voice, it's a little scratchy, but I'm so excited you're here. Uh, this has become the number one podcast for women, really, who want to lose two pounds each day. Uh, I don't exclude men, so men, welcome if you're listening. Um, being one myself, but I can tell you, my whole career started uh, 20 years ago with uh, the help of Oprah Winfrey, so I've always leaned into uh, ladies in midlife, and I'm super grateful to Oprah for all her support over the many years, both in her magazine, her television show, and then in her book, Guide to Life. It was awesome. So ladies, welcome, and if you're listening to me right now and you want to drop uh, you know, two pounds each day, you've come to the right podcast. We really have become the number one podcast for radical control over your sugar, carbs, and salty snack foods. That's usually what sabotages most women and men. Uh, and it's not our fault. It really isn't because a lot of times in midlife, we have stress. And whether it's COVID-19, whether it's financial stress, political stress, family stress, relationship stress, whatever the stress is, we're usually seeking out things that raise serotonin and dopamine. And guess what that is, ladies? It's, it's basically carbohydrates, sugar and carbs. So it's not our fault. And, you know, I grew up in an environment where food was love. And I was overweight as a young guy. And for me, I totally relate because I grew up where food was love. And it was never, uh, let's eat protein and let's eat some healthy fats. It was always here rice, <laughs> here a donut, here a cookie, um, you know, and the list goes on and on and sugary drinks and whatever, all that. So I've written many books on this topic. I've written books, uh, you know, that also are on exercise. And on today's show, I have a really incredible must-hear interview for 2021 with Rob Wolf. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He is literally not just a biochemist, but he's also really an expert in, in paleolithic nutrition, which is how our ancestors ate. And today we're going to talk about not just about how zero hunger water, which is a, you know, a simple recipe that, um, that you can actually have here on Thursday, which is going to be great because there's two ways to get it. You can get it at my website, zerohungerplan.com, but you can also pick up Woman's World Magazine. It'll be out this Thursday. It's actually the February 8th issue, but it's out a week early. And it's a Super Bowl cover with uh, one of my buddies, David, from QVC. You guys know him. He's an incredible 
cook and chef and all that. And he has, on the cover, I saw a sneak peek of it. He has nachos, my favorite. So believe me, uh, there's even a way to eat nachos on this plan, our plan, and still lose two pounds each day. Um, but uh, if you pick up Woman's World, my client Sandy, she's become a dear friend as well and um, helps on all, all our challenges. Um, we're doing one right now. Uh, Sandy is incredible, but she has lost so much weight. She's lost uh, 93 pounds. I think she's lost now 94 pounds and shout out to Sandy, but she is just gorgeous. And she's 58 years young, a grandmother, which I don't know how she did it so quick because I'm still a dad of two sons. I have my, uh, 16-year-old son and 14-year-old Parker and Owen, but they're not that old yet. <laughs> I hope not. Um, but, you know, Sandy talks in the, in, the, in the magazine how she did it. But more importantly, why I think you should pick it up is you'll get the Zero Hunger Water recipe. It'll tell you exactly how to make it. Uh, it'll also give you a meal planner. So you'll know what to eat when you, when you kind of close what I call your zero hunger window. And on today's show, I sit down with Rob Wolf. Rob Wolf is this incredible expert. We're going to talk about nutrition. We're going to talk about why sodium also turns off hunger by suppressing the stress hormone cortisol. We're going to also jump around and talk about is, you know, things like oxalative rich foods like spinach and kale. Do they cause issues in, with joint issues, kidney stones? We're going to answer a lot of your questions because that was a big issue. A lot of clients had was about kidney stones and they were concerned that a fasting diet, which is kind of what zero hunger is, I don't call it that. We call it a zero hunger window, not a fasting window. But this zero hunger window, you know, when you, when you close it, you usually eat a, a high fat, high protein diet. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, that can lead to kidney stones and, and all that. It's not true. You're going to find out how things like spinach and kale can a actually lead to kidney stones and even gout and how certain plant-based sites can cause these diseases, which is shocking, right? We're also going to talk about alkaline, alkaline and water and if it's a waste of money. So if you're buying that, you want to listen, guys. And then we're going to talk about strength training, because this is how I started my career back with Oprah back uh, 20 years ago. My first book came out, Eight Minutes in the Morning. And sarcopenia, which is age-related loss of muscle mass, is such a big issue with uh, the clients I work with. You know, it's all women over 50. Usually I was working last year with the Housewives of New York, both Sonia Morgan and Dorinda Medley, and then Countess Luann. They're all in that age group. And this loss of muscle also causes a loss of bone mass. And Rob and I talk about that that is the number one killer of most people when they, when they die is sarcopenia. And that's just a fancy way to say you lose muscle mass, which also means your immune system gets weak. It's pretty sad and we can fix it. We share with you the solution. It's resistance training. So this is a great show for anyone in midlife that wants to take a total transformation in 2021. You got to listen to it. So uh, before we jump into the show though, and before I bring out Rob, uh, as we did the interview this morning, um, I have to thank our sponsors. Now, one of our sponsors is Rob's company. So full disclosure here, Elemental Labs were brought to you by Elemental Labs. And what Rob Wolf is doing is giving us all a box of his incredible electrolytes. So as much as you may want to save money and get the Woman's World magazine and make the water recipe on your own, the Zero Hunger Water Recipe, which you can, it's just three simple ingredients. You can also sign up for the Zero Hunger Newsletter at ZeroHungerPlan.com to get the recipe if you don't want to wait till Thursday. But I would wait for Thursday. Get it on Thursday. It's in newsstands everywhere. But if you're like me, a little busy, then Rob Wolf is your best friend because his little packets have the ideal ratio of sodium, magnesium, and potassium to turn off 
and suppress hunger. And that is what we use. And I use these uh, when I'm in a rush. They're on the go. They're easy to tear. They're delicious. He has all these different varieties and flavors from citrus to lemon to like a raspberry. He's got a chocolate one, which I use every night. And you're basically getting a free box of these. It's a $45 value for free when you order a value bundle. Let me give you the URL. You simply go to drinkelement.com forward slash Jorge. And that's D-R-I-N-K lmnt.com, C-O-M, forward slash J-O-R-G-E. We're also brought to you by Julian Bakery, and they make the most delicious baked goods from bread that I love uh, to uh, cookies like chocolate chip, to brownies, to they make mixes that you can make at home of pizza crusts. And the great thing is these are not high in carbs and uh, not they barely have any sugar, if any at all. They also sell things like monk fruit and liquid and uh, powder form, which I use to make the Zero Hunger Water. If you're going to make it from scratch using our recipe from Woman's World, which is out this Thursday. Um, and I can tell you their products are delicious, 100% amazing stuff. Check them out because they're going to give us 10% off for exclusive listeners of our podcast. The checkout uh, coupon code is Jorge Cruz, one word. The website is julianbakery.com. Let me spell Julian for you. It's J-U-L-I-A-N, then the word bakery.com. And then the checkout code, coupon code is Jorge Cruz, all one word. And if you don't know how to spell my name, shame on you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> J-O-R-G-E-C-R-U-I-S-E. All right. And finally, we're brought to you by Zero Hunger Plan. Um, that's my website. And I'm honored always to sponsor our show because we have a, a challenge starting um, in February. It's our next challenge. We're wrapping up uh, week, we're starting, I should say, we're starting week two tonight for my, my clients that are part of the current challenge and you can't join us. I know a lot of you are like, well, Jorge, I want to get in. Well, you're on the wait list for the next one. We'll be sending all that out. But if you want to learn more about how to drop two pounds a day, this is the website. This is your headquarters. Check out zerohungerplan.com. You'll learn everything. You can sign up for the newsletter. So if you want to get the recipe for the water sooner, you can get it for free. And like I said, please check out Women's World Magazine this Thursday, though. Uh, the cover issue is the Super Bowl. It's got David from QVC on the cover. But more importantly, it's got our Zero Hunger Water recipe on the inside with a meal planner. So literally, you know, it's the exclusive I gave to them because I love Women's World. They've uh, always been such kind people to me. And, and all my readers read it and get it anywhere. It's in every grocery store in the country this Thursday. Zero Hunger and, and uh, my client Sandy will be in there. So pick it up, guys. You'll have everything you need. Because remember, Zero Hunger is not a book yet. Not yet. I'm working on it. So super excited for all that, guys. With that said, who is ready, hopefully you are, to listen and meet Rob Wolf. Now, Rob Wolf um, got inspired with what he's doing. He has an incredible story. He'll retell briefly about his mom and how she had ill health. And it reminds me of my story because, uh, you know, I lost my mom back in 1997. Uh, she was only 64 years young. And, you know, the next year, ironically, I was with Oprah and she missed that. But I know she's always looking down on me and proud of the work I do for all the women that I've been working with that are in midlife for the last 20 years. It's 20, this is my 20 year anniversary in publishing. So I'm honored. And Rob is also an incredible New York Times bestselling author. His newest book is Wired to Eat. But more importantly, he's going to talk to us about the things we need to hear in midlife, especially 
for the ladies, so this is for you ladies, about how sodium does turn off and suppress the stress hormone cortisol and why zero hunger water works, right? And how certain oxalate-rich foods like spinach and kale can cause literally um, joint pain, it can cause kidney stones, this is stuff you don't hear about, you know, uh, you're going to hear about alkaline water and how it could be a waste of money possibly, just not, not something critical. And we're going to talk about sarcopenia, which is a fancy word to say age-related loss of muscle, which is important because so many of my clients and men, you know, guys and women, we lose muscle from a lack of use, you know, and I'm really grateful that as I record this, I'm standing at my desk and, you know, hopefully you're doing more standing than sitting. And we talk about all that on today's show. So really get ready, guys, for the most incredible interview. And we kick this off with my first guest of 2021, Mr. Rob Wolf. Let's get started right now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a very special uh, podcast here. I'm so excited. Uh, someone who's become a dear friend and is, is not just a fellow author, New York Times bestselling author as well, but I would say one of the leading biochemists out there that understands human nutrition and understands ancestral nutrition from the sake of, of looking back at our ancestors and, and uh, the human blueprint and what it takes to be healthy when we kind of take away all the marketing and we just say, you know, what do we have to do to be healthy? And this man, has made it his mission. He's uh, he's on a, a kind of a big revolution march. He has a healthy rebellion. He has an incredible podcast. His name is Rob Wolf. I think he's there. Rob, are you there? I'm here. How I'm are somewhere. you, buddy? <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy 2021. I have to say it at least once. I can't believe it's already 2021. Can you it, believe it, buddy? <laughs> it, it, we wrapped up the longest year in history with now the longest month in history. So oh, yeah, it's been interesting. It, doesn't that feel that way? I mean, we were so ready. I, I remember New Year's Eve and I was like, okay, good. It's a new year. And then now this this month has been exceptional, right? For I think the whole world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty uh, or twenty twenty one told twenty twenty hold my beer in it <laughs> up the game. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, and I'm I'm really lucky. I've been hanging out with my buddy Tony Robbins recently. He has a comeback, uh, kind of a really great seminar, a five day event, and he invited me to it. And it's a live event, and he's so good. He really talks about us, and I think for everyone listening, I think today's podcast is going to be in that same vein of really giving people. People, I think not just inspiration and hope, but a blueprint to keep health easy in 2021. Because I think this is the month that, you know, that I'm typically in New York City doing all these talk shows as everyone wants a new year, new you, you, you know, all this. And, and whether it's Dr. Oz, the Today Show, all these shows are very interested as the whole world is on how do we stay healthy. And, you know, this year is important because as much yeah. as COVID uh, is, is, is there's a, there's a vaccine and all this. It's still something that not everyone has. And we keep hearing about the death of, of how many people are dying per minute. And it's just, it's, it's, um, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think on today's show, we're going to talk about, you know, some solutions that, you know, for me, I'm really honored. I, I shared with you before we went on camera, the, uh, the Super Bowl edition of February 8th, Women's World Magazine. I can sneak peek at all you guys, uh, but I can't, print it. We can't print it out, but this is it, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, it'll be out next, uh, this week, actually, this Thursday, January 28th, for anyone that, uh, for the ladies out there, that if you pick this up, it's uh, the number one newsstand magazine out there. There's like 6 million readers, and they're talking about zero hunger water and how to turn off hunger and have uh, an extended window of, uh, of intermittent fasting. You know, I usually 
recommend 23 hours and we do a, a nice hour of, of a hearty meal, like a ribeye, as, as you and I have talked in mm-hmm. past shows. And, you know, we like that high fat, high protein and a little bit of salt. And, and obviously we, we use, um, uh, you know, uh, healthy water that has the magnesium, potassium, and sodium. Uh, you know, I have to tell everyone that my favorite brand is, of course, Element. <laughs> and and we're so grateful to your support for the podcast and to help all our listeners, you know, do this. And I thought maybe we could start with um, just a recap of who you are, Rob, because I think there's going to be a lot of new listeners, especially this week with Women's World Magazine. Mm-hmm. We have 6 million people reading this on Thursday. And this podcast will be out all this month, obviously. And, and, and uh, I think it's important people understand that as much as you're an author and you're a biochemist and you're an entrepreneur of sorts, you know, to, to create these radical, cool products that taste amazing. You know, I'm, I'm sipping the chocolate one and, you know, I, I can't tell it's not chocolate milk and yet there's no sugar in it and there's no milk really. Right, Rob? So, right, right. Yeah. I'm in, in my delicious. little cup of, of Texas freedom. I'm having some chocolate salt too. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So why don't we start with that? Because obviously I think today's topic, we're going to talk about how to create a zero hunger window in people's life and why that's so beneficial, this idea of autophagy. And then, you know, my dear friend, uh, Dr. Jason Fung in Toronto, mm-hmm. he, he's encouraged all my listeners to consider depending on their weight and, and their benefits and, 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 and their goals, but even doing a three-day zero hunger window. And I'm currently on one right now. I had my last meal last night on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I won't be eating till Wednesday. <laughs> okay. So I have a couple questions because it was brought to my attention. We, we may want to consider using something like sodium bicarbonate to help balance the acid that could happen. So if anyone knows, uh, I think you're the man that, uh, how many years did you spend as a biochemist? Can you take us back, Rob? Take us back a little bit at your story. And for those not aware of your work, obviously you're, uh, you know, take it all the way to the New York Times bestselling books you've written, but share with us a little bit of your story about maybe you and your mom. And I know that was a key part of what we talked about last time and how that gave you the, the motivation to help so many people. But you started off kind of, uh, well, you, I'll let you tell the story, right? Yeah. A uh, little over 49 years ago, my parents <laughs> met and they had a, a night of indiscretion and uh, no, no, uh, sorry. Um, but <laughs> literally uh, well, yesterday was my birthday. So I just turned oh, 49. Congratulations, and, buddy. Welcome to 49. Yeah, I'm 49 yeah. too. I know it was your birthday yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Well, happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you want me to sing, but wow. And, always, and I'm, turn- I'm turning 50 March 6th. So I have uh, 90 oh, days nice. or so. Okay. So a little less. And uh, I think in midlife, we, we get some wisdom. And uh, But take us back, uh, maybe not 49 years ago, but where was it? In high school, college? What was your, because I know you, you, had, you had different options and, and obviously yeah. you're on a path now that is helping you know, millions of people. But tell us a little bit of that story, if you would, just a couple minutes and then we'll... Yeah. We'll dive into uh, extended fasting and all that, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Be, being 49 now, I can tell very long stories. So that all of that is happening, but I'll keep this brief. <laughs> um, I, by yeah. training, I was a, I did an undergrad in biochemistry, really loved it, loved yeah. science. I don't yeah. get a, out a lot, not, not a great social life. I, I, <laughs> I like uh, science type stuff. Yeah. And I was really looking at either a, a, a MD or a PhD track, um, mainly in autoimmunity or cancer research. I had a real interest in that. And I ended up developing a case of ulcerative colitis at the age of 26 that was so bad that um, I I could have died from it. I'm about 170 pounds right now. I got down to 125 pounds from malabsorption issues. Like I was 
throwing food down. Describe it for people that may not know the term, because it, it is a, it's a condition where your body, pardon me, that doesn't absorb nutrients, or how does it work? Yeah, the, the, the gut becomes so inflamed that you just don't absorb things. And it was uh, horribly painful, very debilitating, um, not fun bathroom visits, you know, mm. so that it, it impacts your life at, at like every possible corner. And it, it was very similar what I was experiencing to what my mother had experienced throughout her life. Wow. And it was right around this time that her rheumatologist figured out that she had celiac disease, which is a gluten intolerance, which yes. I also have. And wow. then this interrelated about seven different autoimmune diseases, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, arthritis, uh, Sjogren's and a, a number of other things. And in doing some research around that, I, I came on this idea that maybe removing some key foods, particularly grains for the most part, but also potentially dairy and a few other items yeah. might really be helpful. And yeah. so oh, 22 years ago now, I, I tried what was then a, a low carb paleo type diet. Yeah. And for me, it was miraculous. Like it, it literally saved my life. And for the better part of 22 years, you know, I've I've tinkered and tried a few things here and there, um, but I've largely been in this kind of ketogenic space over time. I've kind of even gravitated a little bit more towards the carnivore side of things. I have a little yeah, bit of fruit. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my main, uh, uh, I guess, standard now is whether or not a food works well with me with regards to digestion and also blood glucose response. And so yeah. the crazy thing is, so long as I feel good eating it, I eat it. And if I don't, then I don't. And you listen and, to your body, right? Rob? Yeah, yeah. Really listen to my body. And for me, I was, I was so sick and I feel so blessed that I was able to get out ahead of that. Yeah that removing these foods is not, has not really been difficult for me because it, it's easy for, for me to remember how sick I was. Well, and it, in some ways that's almost a blessing because a number yeah, of people, yeah. they're not that sick. They don't respond that negatively. And so they don't oftentimes have the same kind of like lightning strike moment where they're like, yeah, okay, totally. I can eat this way the rest of my life because I, I might actually live a long, normal life versus dying young, which is kind of what I was, was, you know, my prospects at that time. Well, you know, they always say, you know, um, you know, the pressure is what makes diamonds, right? right? And sometimes you have to hit such a hard time in your life. I know for me, my dad, when I was 18, was diagnosed with prostate cancer and he's given one year to live. And that was like a ton of bricks, literally crushing our family down. And then uh, a few years later, my mom passed. And that really was for me, the, the motivation to, to want to mm -hmm. make this a, a path in my life because I didn't want to I didn't want to lose more family. My dad luckily only passed last year at 89. So mm. he, he not survived, but thrived for 30 more years by changing his diet, changing the alkalinity in his diet. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of um, therapeutic work with kind of like fasting. He, he mm -hmm. dropped like 80 pounds and really took control of his prostate. He had prostate cancer. So I feel like uh, it's been, uh, you know, it's funny how lemons can become lemonade for all of us sometimes. And, right. uh, you know, without sugar, hopefully, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because it's, it's uh, the sugar can be an issue, but I feel like take us to where the most recent times where now, obviously you have two really incredible books. Wired to Eat is one of my favorite. Uh, your initial book, Telvern, your initial book that your mentor, Lauren, remind me his last name? Cordain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he that endorsed. was the, the yeah. paleo solution. And it, it, there really wasn't a paleo diet genre prior to that. Like that book made New York Times bestseller. You were the first, really. I, right? I was kind of the first person what, in that. What year that was space. that? Take us back. That was when 2010. Was 
Okay. Yeah. And so things like the whole 30 um, emerged yes. out of that. Like the, yes. the whole 30 folks used to attend my seminars and were good friends and, yeah, and yeah. have gone on to, to take their iteration of kind of the lower carb paleo type diet and have done an amazing job with yeah, it. Yeah. 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 No, it's incredible. And I feel like you kind of been on the forefront because this passion of yours has become now uh, a product that I endorse. I've recommended to celebrities. Uh, I gift it to people all the time. Your Elemental Labs is like for us uh, a very important part of our podcast these days. And I'm grateful to you for that. And it really is a simple formula. And I think we should talk about that because it's how I, you know, I tell people if you want to have zero hunger, you need to drink water that has sodium, about half a teaspoon mm -hmm. and a little bit of magnesium, potassium. And I give them the way to do that. And this Thursday for anyone listening, if you want the rest Recipe, you got to pick up Woman's World magazine. <laughs> they wanted they wanted the scoop, and I said, "Well, it's not that complicated to make, and um, and and all that, so you can make it at home." But a lot of people, I, I think, I just honestly don't have time to mm -hmm. mix stuff. I think people went on the go, and when I don't have time, which is ninety percent of the time, I, I was showing you this here at my house uh, with my kids. I have this bowl of normally it used to be treats, but I have all my elemental lab little packets with all the different flavors, but you created this company. How many years ago, Rob, would you say? It was three years ago. And you know, the, the funny thing is we had done something similar to you where we posted online yeah. a recipe yeah. for how to make your own thing and a homemade a, version. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Right? And we had a half million downloads of this. Holy and, shit. and so that was really cool. It was clearly helping people. Yeah. But then we started getting tagged on social media where, and this was back in the crazy days when people actually traveled. I don't know how much of yes. that happens now, but. Right. And this was only three years ago or a little bit three, more? A th th little bit more when this, the genesis, but the, the, this is what launched the company. But yeah. people started tagging us on social media saying, hey, love the keto aid, which is what we, we called this stuff oh, then. Keto aid. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they, they said, um, TSA didn't like the three bags of white powder in my, my suitcase, LOL, you know, and they would show the a picture of that. Yeah. Because and you so, have to push it through through the the uh, what do they call the uh, the X rays and all that yeah and it always turns off the alerts right yes and then it's always an three issue. bags of white powder and the TSA like, is what like is this dude what is this you know? <laughs> like it's and, salt I'm a chef I'm a cook yeah. I need salt right and, and, it's and hard so to, to I mean we of. had a because there, you know it was a half million people that that had downloaded <sighs> this and then you just look at numbers you know like there were a lot of people that were having problems just traveling with it, you know? Sure, and so sure. we, we asked that question, would, would like a stick pack convenience, you know, kind of option be, be valuable. Yeah. And we launched it and we've had reception all the way from like, we are the official hydration sponsor of team USA Olympic weightlifting. We have yeah. um, several of the Navy SEAL teams that are using the product and, you know, yeah. it, it, and we've had some inroads into different medical scenarios like the uh, uh, POTS community, the postural orthostatic tachycardia community has really benefited from this. Um, breastfeeding moms have you benefited You told us this on the last podcast. Yeah. So you have all the mommies out there. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, for, for my clients, whether it's Steve Harvey, a celebrity like that, or uh, someone on Facebook or Instagram, where we have a group right now doing a 19-day challenge with us, and we do them usually every month. Uh, I would say 50% of the people are using these little packets of yours, you know, because I nice. told them the chocolate is delicious. The, the citrus one is amazing. And you've created these really delicious, salty, uh, as you say, as fuck, <laughs> pardon my French, but you know, we'll, we'll be French here for a minute is it's, it's kind of fun, but it's also really delicious. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's like a salty chocolate. It's a salty citrus. It's just super delicious. And, 
you know, I've been helping people understand through the challenge. The whole first week, we call it Eat Fit Week. Mm-hmm. And we really try to get people to understand that everything you learned about sodium is wrong, you know, because Dr. James D. Nicol Antonio, you know, wrote the book. And I know he's a supporter of your work and yep. you guys endorsed each other. And he's great. And I think, you know, his book has helped so many of my clients stop uh, pretending that sodium is this villain, right? right? And I feel like, tell, talk to us a little bit about that because, uh, you know, as we're doing this right now, um, this Monday, a lot of my clients until Wednesday are going to, and I did not expect this because I told them, hey, you know, right now, the zero hunger plan, you have the option of doing a one day window, which most people do. And they have one sensible meal a night or a day, whenever they want. It's usually a ribeye, as you suggested, mm-hmm. you know, in the last show. Um, and I love that because of the, the ratio of fat to protein and yep. all that. It's super delicious. It's easy. It's done in 10, 10 or 15 minutes max. Right. Cook it, you know, a couple minutes on each side. So there's not a problem there. But but a lot of the people said, well, what are you doing, Jorge? And I said, well, my coaches and I, because I have three women that are my uh, coaches, they, they help and they've been through the plan. One of them is the gal in the Women's World magazine. She uh, lost 93 pounds. Sandy's her name, but I have other, they're all women, you know, all women in midlife. And, um, you know, they're doing a three-day window. And I was like, well, you can do that. And I said, you know, I used to be someone that a couple of years ago before Dr. Jason Fung schooled me on how it really is beneficial for, you know, he would, he would tout the benefits of stem cells and immune mm-hmm. reset and all these incredible things that anyone who's 49, like me and you now, are, we're, we're drawn to you because it's, I'm not doing this to lose 10 pounds anymore. I'm, I'm pretty at a healthy weight and people are like, well, aren't you going to get gaunt and look like you're like a skeleton? I was like, well, no, because I'm still eating. It's just for, you know, it's just a three-day window and, and I drink my my uh, zero hunger magic here. And, and you guys know this is our official water. So we, we endorse you too, Rob. So please know that is, I don't know if we're as uh, a big deal as, uh, what was that organization? The, 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 the one that you mentioned first? The uh, USA weightlifting. Uh, that that's is huge. A, that's yeah. a cool thing. But I would say you guys are a more significant thing because the the reach and the respect that you have is is pretty well, monumental. So, well, for women, yeah. I think we're, we're up there. But, you know, athletes and, and now moms. Well, you have the moms, the, the breastfeeding moms. But I got the, the, the ladies in midlife. And I feel like they want a, a biohack of sorts that churns off hunger. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, you know, they'll drink. I'll put it in 32 ounces of water like I am right here. Yep. You guys are watching this on YouTube. And basically, I put one packet in here. And I'll drink this upon rising. And I'll have a little coffee later, maybe with a little butter. So that's a good biohack. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I end up, when I'm eating in a one-day window, a zero-hunger window, um, you know, I'll eat one meal. And it's delicious. It's great. I'm fine. But yep. now I'm doing a three-day. So I think we'll talk about that. Because I want your thoughts on what has been suggested to me about maybe adding a sodium bicarbonate because of the alkalinity issues with a keto and all that. And I know there's a that's a big conversation. But to finish on what we were talking about with your product, I feel like this, this, these little packets you've created make it so simple. Can you Mm -hmm. share with everyone why, you know, not that you're Dr. James here, but you understand salt, you're a biochemist, why this sodium, this basically it's half a teaspoon or so, or a thousand, as you say on the cover here, a thousand MGs, milligrams. And then you obviously the potassium, which one's next? Uh, Potassium and then magnesium. Maybe we can go through down through the three of these. And then we can talk about uh, sodium bicarbonate because that's something, uh, you know, I'm concerned for people. I don't want my clients in midlife to leach calcium from their bones if they're doing a longer 
fast. Right. And, you know, they're still eating high protein, high fat. And, you know, there's the issue always of, of how the urine smells. If you're going into this, you know, it smells, I think uh, Sandy said it best. She said, her husband says, oh my God, it sometimes smells like a, like an old diaper in a, in a hot car, you know? And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> but I want to tell people it's okay. It's not like it's a bad thing. And maybe you can help us understand how that it's more of the acid and, and, and the, the ketones. Is that what it comes from? Right. That smell. At times. It, it can be that, that initial transition. Yeah. And you know, the, the reason why we formulated it the, the way that we yeah. did Please. was looking at, at folks following a whole food based kind of higher protein ketogenic diet. And okay, because good. of okay. the cool trackers that we have, we were able to get very pinpoint in what, you know, the protein carbs fat, but also the sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium. And what we found when we averaged all these folks meals yeah. was that they were pretty darn good on calcium. They didn't really need to add more calcium. They were pretty yeah. good there. They needed a little bit more magnesium, a bit more uh, potassium, but they were really, really deficient in sodium. And yes. so yes. we literally formulated this to supplement an otherwise good diet. And, and you that. asked a really good question a little bit earlier about, you know, like Please. why has sodium been demonized. And it, it, it's it, the long and short of it is just that we, we all know that highly processed foods are a problem. We tend mm -hmm. to overeat them. It's very difficult to say no to them. What, yeah. What's the Lay's potato chip tagline? I bet you can't <laughs> eat just one and I'll oh, take yeah. that bet all day long. You know, yep. these things are engineered to be hyper palatable and for us to never stop eating them. What's a common feature of virtually all of these highly processed foods? Soda. Yeah. And yeah. so we know that if people overeat, there's a tendency to gain weight. When we gain weight, mm -hmm. there's a tendency to get high blood pressure. Sodium is a factor in high blood pressure, but this is something that, that, uh, uh, Dr. DeNicolantinio has done such a great job unpacking. He's incredible. We've, yeah. We've studied low sodium diets for 30 years and they mm -hmm. don't do anything. They don't do the thing that they're supposed to do, which is lower blood pressure. Yeah. Ironically, what does lower blood pressure? is eating lower carb diets and there's Bingo. other ways to do it, but low carb diets are really, really remarkable in that people just aren't that hungry. They have zero hunger, you know, or it's crazy, right? But it's yeah. true. It's yeah. carbs that feed hunger, right? Rob, it, it really, can you explain to. that briefly? Yeah. Because I feel like obviously your product uh, that I use all the time really turns off hunger because of the sodium, obviously. But when we do high carb, and I think Dr. James mentioned how, it's more when you have uh, sodium in a high insulin environment, which yes. is a high carb environment that blood pressure can go up. So yep. it is possible, but you have to put it in that context. And, yep. and if you're not having a high carb diet, which unfortunately the standard American diet, even though they say protein and they say fat, I mean, they, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's kind of sad. It truly is that acronym, but it's kind of a high carb diet, you know, yeah. as much as it says it's not, but maybe tell us why, why, why is it the carbs? You know, I've written so many books on, you know, avoiding carbs and sugars and trying to lower that number, uh, why it raises blood pressure and causes belly fat. I know Dr. Oz and I've talked about mm -hmm. that, but it just causes weight gain and obesity. And then we get all these underlying health conditions that put us at risk for for everything, including COVID now, right? So yeah. 
talk to us about from from your perspective about sugar and carbs and all that. And, and it's not the snacky, snacky, salty snack foods, but it's the snack part, right? It's not the salt. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's the corn yeah. and the potatoes, right? Yeah, and you and, know and how, the carbs. How yeah, exciting potato. are corn chips or potato chips if they have no salt on them? They're not. They're not all that exciting. They're like no, cardboard, you know. Yeah. And so I guess you know two really interesting things to go into would be Please. say like the belly fat or visceral fat, and yes. then also the the blood pressure part. Yeah. The blood pressure is interesting in that when insulin is elevated, we also elevate a hormone called aldosterone and aldosterone causes us to retain sodium. And this is why low sodium, but high carb diets don't lower blood pressure because the insulin levels are still high. And, it, and so any amount of salt that you have in your diet, which even in like fruits and vegetables, there's a little bit of sodium, it will hang on to that and you mm -hmm. will largely maintain your high blood pressure. And this is one of the things that is oftentimes poo-pooed in lower carb diets, people will say, well, that first weight you lose is just water weight. It's mm. true. And this is something that can throw people a curve because you're not going to lose weight at the same speed that you do the first week or two. And that's okay. But that just lost water weight is your cardiovascular disease risk. That is peeing yourself out of high blood pressure. You're losing all of the excess water that makes you puffy and edemic and, and causes the high blood pressure. So mm -hmm. when you get the carbohydrate levels appropriate, and this is different from person to person, someone like sure. me, I really have to have my carbohydrates pretty low, or I start seeing my blood pressure go up. Other yeah. people can eat more carbs. And so there is latitude in that. And that's where people have to experiment to, to kind of find what works for them. But related to this is that, that kind of belly fat or what, what yeah. physicians would call visceral fat. Yes. When you get very high throughput of, of carbohydrates through the liver, in particular liquid carbohydrates, juices, sodas, they overwhelm the liver's ability to process these carbohydrates. And that, that sugar gets converted to fat and mm -hmm. stored both in the liver and the tissues around the liver and yeah. what's called visceral adiposity. And this is where you can have people that when you, uh, uh, the apple versus pear shape, like they, yeah. they their belly just looks like it's made out of granite. Like it looks yes. solid and hard. Uh, they may yeah. not even carry that much fat around the rest of their body. Yeah. And, and it's well understood that that visceral fat is very, very dangerous for a host of health conditions because it is very pro-inflammatory. Wow. And what we find, one of the interesting things that we find when people follow an appropriate protein, lower carb diet, or doing appropriate, like zero hunger windows of, of, you know, reduced or no eating sure. is that the first fat that we lose is the visceral fat. It's the fat that is most likely to kill us or cause us problems. So yeah. this is why these tools are so incredibly powerful. And I, I think why, you know, we, we keep, even though so many folks in the mainstream kind of medical circles kind of poo poo these, these, they um, do. Yeah. these methods, um, they work, they, they, yeah. they work remarkably well. We have to tweak and fiddle them. Not, not one size fits all for everybody, but as a starting place, they're amazing for helping people to regain their health and lose the weight that they want to lose. And, and I think what you've done is you've made it easy. You know, I've tried to make it easy sharing it with Women's World, this recipe, this homemade version, but share with us the sodium amounts and because you've come up and, you know, and you, you never hide anything because you put it right on the label, right. how, what the, what the recipe is. It's basically straight up a thousand milligrams of sodium. Tell us, let's start with that maybe. And then we'll, we'll go down to magnesium and then we'll do potassium and we continue, but why a thousand milligrams? Tell us how that is become a good number. You're the biochemist and that's equivalent of about a half a teaspoon, right, Rob? 
Yeah, it's about a half a teaspoon if we were to weigh that out. And it, the mm -hmm. thought here is, is again, trying to plug the gaps of an otherwise well-formulated, you know, kind of lower carb diet. And we're sure. hoping that people will get uh, good dietary sources of sodium, also salting their food, eating some sardines, eating some olives. These things are all amazing sources of For sodium. Sure. But when we, when we looked at things, if we added about a gram of sodium, then that was, was it, it did kind of two things. It plugged the hole that we had really nicely. And then also, depending on how large of a container you have, yeah. if we put it in 16 ounces of liquid, it's what's called a hypertonic solution. It is more, uh, it has more stuff dissolved in it than our blood has stuff dissolved in it. And there's reasons to, or not to do that, depending on athletic situations and whatnot. Uh -huh. If you're in about 24 ounces, it is uh, isotonic. So it's the same level of dissolved substances as your blood. And there's reasons why we would or wouldn't do that. And then if you put it in about 32 ounces of water uh -huh. is hypotonic. And so we put it together that way too. And this is like our salty, salty or salty AF, you know, uh, spectrum, but there's <laughs> yeah. kind of performance like and medical reasons why you would do one versus the other. Can yeah. you walk us through? So the, the one, please, I, I, I share with my clients 32, yep. just because it's voluminous and fills you up. And it really, like, if you're feeling like, oh God, I'm hungry, you drink this, you know, whether it takes, I can... I don't want to say chug it, but I can drink this in two minutes. Yep. Some people take 20 to 30 minutes and then they truly with 32 ounces of water and with the, uh, uh, the thousand milligrams or the gram or the half mm -hmm. a teaspoon of salt, they don't feel hungry for two to three hours. And right. you've noticed that as well with people that are just trying to control that hunger, right, Rob? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Sodium suppresses cortisol production, which is a stress hormone. And it's not that we don't want, we want no cortisol, but we kind of want it at the appropriate times and in the appropriate amounts and whatnot. And fasting is a bit of a stress and that can be good, but we don't want to add a ton extra to that. And that's where like a little bit of physical activity while fasting is good. Trying to do a CrossFit workout, maybe too much. Yeah. A little bit of coffee while fasting is good. Doing your normal, a, a lot of people will notice that when they're fasting, their tolerance to things like coffee and tea goes down because they're already in a little bit more of an, a, a, an adrenalized state. And, and so you lose, we, I think, uh, what is it? One eighth of a teaspoon of, of salt when you drink a cup of coffee because of the yeah. caffeine. It's a diuretic. I think Dr. James brought that to my attention. I was like, wow. So there's more reason to not be fearful of sodium and, and enjoy a beverage, whether you know it's 32 ounces. I like the idea. Tell us about the difference between that and the one right below. You said 24 ounces of water, right? 24 ounces is isotonic. And so for the vast majority of people, either the 24 to 32 ounces is the desired range. Amount, there yeah. are a few folks under a, some circumstances, uh, bodybuilders, power performance athletes, where they will do things called salt loading. And yeah. they do benefit from doing this very concentrated uh, form of sodium. Um, these are very specific situations. And it is the one circumstance that if it's not done appropriately, you can end up with disaster pants. And oh my so, goodness. Um, and I have, I have, uh, over my career have, tr have done that unintentionally, you know, I'll have, I'll put a whole packet of something with sodium in it in a little small cup. Yep. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, Oh God, I'm in the bathroom and explain to everyone. That's not a bad thing. It's obviously just not enough water, right? Rob? It, it, it's not enough water. What it does is it pulls fluid out of our system to, to normalize the amount of fluid relative to sodium in the, the gastrointestinal tract. 
And again, some people will habituate to that, uh, uh, bodybuilders or physique yeah. athletes when they want to look super shredded on stage. They're fine with that. They're like, bring They're, it. Yeah. They will s learn how to sodium load and yeah. then get that right. But, Flushing. um, man, it would be a bummer if you put somebody on an airplane or they've got a, a three hour <laughs> driving commute and they just Better. shotgun down, um, oh, no, a, no, no. you know, a, a whole thing in a, a small cup of coffee oh, and gosh. then they, you know, they're, in the pulling bathroom. over on the side of the road. Yeah. Oh, hoping my they find a bathroom. Yeah. It's just yeah. uh, a nightmare. No, I agree. Let's avoid that. Let's always yeah. drink it with water. I, I, I'd i tell everyone still do 32 ounces. I think you would agree that's a good the, number the, for uh, women and, and men. 98% of people um, between 24 to 32 ounces good. is the place to, to play. Good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I love how it does really turn off our hunger. And you explained it so yeah. elegantly. It really does impact the cortisol and it helps create that, uh, what would you call it? Kind of like a baseline where it doesn't have this, this radical pull on you where you have more control yep. over your hunger than it does over you. Because I think people do the best to not overeat, but I feel mm -hmm. like they, they seem to lose control. And, that, and I think that's why this podcast is so important. It gives people that, that hope that the insights, the little gems on how to get control back, you know, and I think that, that uh, the thousand milligrams is a part of it. Explain now, let's jump to magnesium or potassium. Potassium's next. You have 200 MGs of, of, uh, of that, of potassium. Explain how that can help us because obviously it's very beneficial, the combination of that and then the magnesium as well, right? Yeah, you know, so we have potassium and magnesium in there because again, when we looked at a, a well-formulated whole food diet, it yeah. was on the lower carb side. Sure. People were just a little deficient in how much we would like to see with that. So really it was just to kind of plug the, the gap on that. And, yeah. and an interesting thing for folks to keep in mind is it's easier for the kidneys to kind of make things, to sort things out biochemically. If we have enough sodium, mm -hmm. things get really dangerous. If we, potassium is absolutely necessary. Far too many Americans don't get enough potassium because they eat highly processed foods. Yeah. But when you shift to more um, whole foods, naturally you end up with much, much more potassium. And so we kind of take care of that. And again, what we, what we are mainly deficient in, in that story is sodium. And so mm. we're really just trying to, to, um, supplement things in a way so that we get that kind of optimized ratio again, but kind of assuming that, that folks are eating a more whole food based diet. Right. Yeah. Right. So that gives you the, the balance you need. And then yep. finally with the magnesium 60, MG, so much smaller. And much that's smaller. done by design as well. That uh, I mean, why do we need less of that, Rob, from your opinion, especially with people listening to our show here where they're doing uh, you know, a 23 window of not eating and yeah. an hour of eating. And then on occasion, we're going to dive into that next, this three-day window where they're doing that. But why is our, why is uh, magnesium a good friend here? And in and, and small amounts, obviously that's like a, literally like a little pinch, right? It's, it's small. Again, we're, we're assuming that folks are getting the bulk of that from the diet. And so we're just adding a little bit there. Also, if we get enough sodium, our body is very good at maintaining, holding on to its magnesium. If you okay, have too good. low of sodium, you yeah. lose a lot of magnesium. Yeah. And then the third part, again, is that disaster pants deal where uh, magnesium, uh, uh, too uh, much, the main happened? constituent in most laxatives is a magnesium salt. Yeah. And so we use a magnesium malate, which is one of the most absorbable forms of magnesium. Yeah. But there are still people out there that are, are sensitive to magnesium. And so we went conservative on that because um, sure. we just had this wacky idea. We're, we're not like Procter & Gamble where we can <laughs> sell you um, uh, Olestra baked 
potato chips in a fat that gives you the runs and then sell you depends and pampers to solve that, that problem. Wow. You know, we I mean, we yeah, don't yeah. have that vertical integration. On yeah. it. So, <laughs> so again, there was, there was a thought towards um, what do folks need and also what is the risk associated, like the gastrointestinal risk of getting too much magnesium. So we, we preferred to err Go on light. the conservative side. Yeah. yeah. No, that yeah. makes sense. And with potassium, just to back up to that one, because I, I know we talked about it for a minute already, but I feel like I read a lot about how people who are on a, like on this kind of a diet where they're eating high fat, high protein, and they're doing some fasting that there could be issues. And, and I don't know how we want to address this of kidney stones and gout. And I heard potassium can help combat that, right? Is that another reason to have it in, in the beverage as well uh, at uh, 200 milligrams? What do you think? It, it is. And you know, the, the kidney stone and gout issue is interesting when you really look at that, um, Kidney stones in particular, uh, ironically, like oxalate rich foods like spinach and yeah. kale yeah. are a major factor in that story. And, and this gets a little bit out in, in the Yeah, You know, you're but... blowing people's minds here. This is going to be a big part of the, of our talk here, because, you know, I, I think Paul Saladino talks about the plant toxicity scale, yeah. as you know, and he kind of sings your song here. But would you say it again for anyone that is like, did he just say what I thought he said. Would you say again, Rob? Say it one more time. Yeah, I, I really Good. think that it's these more plant-derived oxalate sources that may be the bigger factor in this story. And, and also kidney stones. For the kidney stones. And gout and, too? And, and, or no? and also for gout, but for, for different reasons. But both Tell of us. them- Okay, talk, it, please. It, this is your In moment, a situation please. in which um, insulin is elevated, if we're hyperinsulinemic, the pathways that are driven towards both um, urate production, which produces the gout symptoms, and then also the uh, the uh, the the more um, uh, uh, oxalate derived kidney stones, because you can get kidney stones from different types of of organic salts, but the more oxalate driven salts. Hey, it's Jorge, and I just wanted to interrupt the show just for a moment to invite you to head on over and sign up for my daily Zero Hunger email that will give you each day a simple what to eat to get radical control over your sugar, carb, and salty snack food cravings. And if this is something you want to conquer and make a lifestyle, the newsletter is important. It will really give you tools every day to keep building that momentum to create a lifestyle where you're in control of sugar and carbs. So if that sounds good, check it out. Simply go to zerohungerplan.com. I'll spell it for you. It's with a Z, Z-E-R-O, zerohungerplan.com, and it's all free. I'll see you there. Let's get back to the show. Both of those, if your insulin levels are chronically high, the pathways for those are enhanced. And so you're more likely to get that problem. And wow. I'm not saying don't eat spinach, don't eat kale, but the irony is that when you, we should probably eat it as a condiment and not as a main course is kind of the, the takeaway. Don't have this. a kale salad. I mean, I used to, I mean, no disrespect to my dear friend, Dr. Andy Weil, you know him yeah. with True Foods, but he makes the best kale salad at his restaurants. And I used to eat one. Oh, I, I would try to do it every day if I could, yeah. because it was so yeah. good. But I had inflammation. I felt different. And I feel like he's such a smart guy. I mean, I hope he's not listening to us right now. He's been on the podcast, but why do people make like kale salads? Who, who, not that they misled us with intention, because I know Dr. Wild doesn't do this, but I feel like you get this. I get this. Paul Saladino gets it. 
why doesn't why why is it just a few of us that get Be, this because rock? it's not a right or wrong thing here's here's so? a piece that just gets missed in all this um when yeah. when the the hudza it's a hunter-gatherer group in africa were were studied very extensively their gut microbiome was analyzed and what they found is that the hudza carry bacteria that are oxalate metabolizing bacteria they break down oxalates so the hudza can eat you know, greens like crazy and suffer no problems with oxalates because the bacteria are metabolizing the oxalates. In modern Western society, virtually none of us have oxalate degrading bacteria. So, it, and, and there are, if you look at like Sardinia and you look at certain places in South America, people still have the bacteria to break down oxalates. And this is where it gets so damnably hard to unpack this stuff. One side, like the Paul Saladino side says, oxalates are terrible, plant foods are killing you. And that's maybe true if you're someone like me. I, I was on antibiotics from the age of 13 to 21 for acne. So my gut wow. got nuked. I don't have the bacteria to help me break down those foods. And you just can't take what some people say, like a probiotic and fix the damage, right, Rob? It's not that I, easy, right? I, I've, it's not that easy. Like the only yeah. thing I haven't done is a fecal transplant. And even in the oh. case of fecal transplant, it, it's not entirely clear. Like I would need to go find someone in the Hadza to give me their, you know, it, it, it's a really complex thing. That because sounds, I, yeah. Like, like a long, a long week and painful. <laughs> that's a very long week and, and a lot. Yeah. And, and more intimacy with the turkey baster than what I want to have. Oh, so yeah, it's, gracious. um, yeah. yeah. Let's not be doing fecal trans. I mean, people do do this. The fe yes. I've heard of these and, fecal and, trans. And there are absolutely appropriate medical interventions for that Whoa. stuff. But th this is just something, and I know that this is one of the challenges of why it's so hard to make sense out of this stuff, because there's a lot of detail and a lot of nuance. Um, yeah. Andrew Weil, it would be interesting to run a gut microbiome on him. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe would you, so one, you look at his age, he comes from a generation that didn't have that much exposure to antibiotics. Antibiotics True. were and he's avoided really, those. he doesn't like them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised if the, the fact he hasn't been on lots of antibiotics and because of his age, he may have a gut microbiome that handles that stuff just fine. But if you don't, then these things may be problems. And, and in today's and, modern world, I think where you are, you know, you're 49 and I'm 49. I think we've all been exposed to these situations that unintentionally have put us at a place where we can't process these kind of foods like kale and spinach. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and, and obviously you can tell by simply what'd be a way for people to know this. I mean, obviously how Definitely they noticing feel. like joint pain, like they have something and they notice like some joint pain, um, kind of muscle creakiness and whatnot. And this is one of the, I guess, kind of the interesting features of like a ketogenic or even more of a, uh, mm -hmm. a carnivore type diet, like these, niggling little joint and muscle aches that people have just had for ages. They're just kind of like, Oh, I'm old, you know, but it's not neck it's because, is mobile. And yeah. yeah and yeah. it seems like when you remove these foods, what's the broad term for spinach and kale? The, what do we call it again? The, the oxalate containing uh, uh, vegetables or it sounds yeah. very official. Yeah. I like that. Let's yes. use that yeah. word. It sounds, we're very elegant here and we, we yeah. have to keep it highbrow, but I think that's it. And not so much what we've been told because most people don't think it's that, you know, they, they don't, they would never blame kale or spinach, you know, Beyonce, right. she loves kale. You know, she wears a t-shirt says kale, <laughs> you know, and she's beautiful and all this and everyone follows this plant-based revolution. But 
but boy, uh, the revolution is crazy. Yes, it's a low calorie revolution, but boy, it leaves you with exactly that, like creaks and joint issues and inflammation. So, um, well, that that's so powerful. And and so oddly enough, it's it's removing it's removing these kind of foods more so than just adding potassium to help with kidney stones and and it truly is connected to the kidney stones and even gout right rob these yes these highly yeah. oxid uh, say it for me again oxalate yeah oxalate yeah. these oxalate and the, the kidney stones or the uh the the gout story is related to uric acid and uh oftentimes people are told to eat a low protein low animal protein diet because protein sources are rich in purines and pyrimidines, which can get uh, uh, metabolically converted into uric acid. Mm. But again, elevated. So the interesting thing again is low protein diets don't fix gout. It kind of dials the intensity down, but it doesn't go away. Well, let's talk it, about this because I think some people out there, especially people that are trying to lose weight and are heavy, they mm -hmm. can relate or know people that have gout. And yeah. traditionally what they're told is what you just said. So how does that not work though? And what does work from your thoughts. It, ironically, and it sounds like a broken record and like we're, we're, we're selling the one true way, but um, low carb okay. diets are really, really effective at, at addressing gout because it lowers the both general inflammation, but also insulin levels. Mm. And then the reduced insulin levels tend to reduce that the metabolic pathway where mm. purines get converted into uric acid. And that a really kind of interesting example of a perfect food to flare gout is beer and beer is problematic because the alcohol elevates insulin very dramatically. And also the yeast that is used to brew beer is super rich in the, the, the purines and pyrimidines that are part of the gout backbone, but yeah. part of the, the production yeah. of, of, uh, uric acid. And so this is where folks will notice that if they, they drink beer, it is particularly problematic for their, for their wow. gout. And I, I never had gout, but, um, because yeah. of my celiac disease, I can't really drink beer, yeah. but it, uh, of all the low carb, uh, you know, the things that I miss from uh, uh, eating low carb, I don't miss many things. I do miss beer. Like I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I uh, tequila is awesome, but, um, beer yes. was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I feel like not to, to get into alcohol right now, but I want to, I want to try to wrap up our mineral conversation here. Uh, we've talked about the three amigos here that are in mm -hmm. your elemental labs product, which I adore. Talk to me about what was brought to my attention, this idea about possibly, uh, an extended window. So now let's go there or an extended zero hunger window, which could be three days. It could be two days, mm -hmm. uh, definitely a little longer than a day. Um, cause that's kind of easy for my clients now and, and using, uh, you know, the sodium, the half a teaspoon in their water, they do great. They just don't feel hungry and, uh, they do great. And so now we go three days that was brought to my attention, this idea of bleaching calcium out of bones. And, you know, and so what was mentioned to me that we should consider adding bicarbonate and calcium as uh, mineral number, I guess, uh, you know, if we follow your recipe as the fourth mineral would be bicarbonate. And I don't know how much calcium we'd need, obviously, depending on our, on our nutrition, but can we start with bicarbonate and, you know, when should someone consider adding a little bit up to their water, maybe before they do a packet or before they make zero hunger water, when is that necessary? And, 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 and is it alkaline water? Just that, is it just, I mean, I just don't want to say it's arm and hammer, but it kind of is, or it, it is, it is. And, Talk to you us. Know, the, yeah. the, uh, uh, 
acid-base chemistry is really, really complex. And, and, it, and I don't want to throw that out there as kind of a, a dismissal, but- um, No, no, but help us dumb it down a little bit for the everyday the, listener, right? The, the problem that I've had with the acid-base, acid-alkaline story is that yeah. our kidneys play one role in regulating acid-alkaline status. And- okay pH is super tightly regulated within the body. We will die if the pH goes up a little bit or goes down a little bit. Yeah. And it, it, it is very tightly buffered both in the kidneys and interestingly at the lungs. When we exhale, we mm -hmm. exhale carbon dioxide and that pulls carbonic acid out of our blood, which is, is an acid forming item. And so yeah. a dissolved CO2 in our blood is part of the acid that we need which is car carbonate, part of like sodium bicarbonate and, and whatnot. Yeah. And both the, the lungs and the kidneys are really good at dealing with that in kind of uh, short-term runs where, where metabolic acidosis becomes really problematic. And again, I sound like a total broken record is in that hyperinsulinemic state where when insulin levels are chronically elevated, yeah. we are in a chronic state of low-grade a, a metabolic acidosis. And tell and us it, what that word means for the everyday the, person. You, you know? have more acid in your system than what you would really like. And, and it's what constant. would be a symptom of that? The urine smell? Uh, or, uh, Not the, so the, much the, the urine smell, but uh, you, you will feel fatigue. Is there fatigued. an odor of some sort or fatigue? Mm -hmm. or? Not necessarily, but you, you would potentially feel fatigued, some brain fog, all the enzymes in our body work within really tight parameters re related to pH. And so okay. the main thing would be like fatigue, brain fog, which maybe that that's part of the, you know, why the, this overfed hyperinsulinemic state, part of the reason there is probably due to this, this metabolic acidosis, the, the overabundance of, of acid in our system. But I'm, I'm really underwhelmed by the danger there with like a one to three day fast. Like our body is really good at adapting to that. And the flip side of this is that at the end of your fast, you're recommending a, it, once people wrap up their zero hunger window, window whether it's yep. one day or, th or three days, or three days, yeah, they're eating a nutrient ditch, a, a nutrient rich, a, a protein appropriate yes. diet. And yeah. hopefully they're doing resistance training, whether it's with their oh, yeah. body weight or, or, you know, external weights For sure. and that builds bone mineral density and muscle mass. And so I, I'm, I'm really underwhelmed at the, the danger there. And, and also when I think about if you were to take a dose of sodium bicarbonate, the pH would go up for a little while and then it would drop back down to normal and it would be just a, a blip on the radar. And I, my sense is, you know, having adequate vitamin D levels, doing two to four days a week of a brief full body strength training regimen. Yeah. And a lot of people are, are saying, oh, strength training, that does that build bones? And, and I've always told people my very first book was all about strength training in yep. an eight minute window. And it really does cause the bones to get stronger. Yep. But people are thinking, well, do I need calcium? Do I need a supplement? Because that was the the other mineral that was suggested the, that the, my client This is the uses. other thing that when you look in the the, lit the medical literature and it, this it, yeah. there aren't great randomized control trials, this is epidemiological, but there is a surprising correlation between between supplement dietary supplements with calcium and yeah. cardiac events, heart attacks, Holy because moly. calcium is part of the clotting cascade. And so this is one of the reasons why I was 
reticent to add calcium. One, it didn't really look like people needed it. People were getting enough from the diet. And, and for anyone listening right now, Rob, not to interrupt you, but yeah. that is following our plan, we always recommend a high fat, high protein diet. I mean, yep. my ribeye is my favorite, you know, grass fed beef, all that good, good stuff. Just reassure us if you, if you could, that this kind of a, of a kind of a carnivore type of meat lovers diet has calcium in it, even though we're not eating the bones per se. I mean, I know that's where most calcium is, but help us understand if we're getting calcium in our diet, because everyone, I, I don't know why I think broccoli has calcium, but I'm not eating broccoli because, you know, it's on the toxicity spectrum, yeah. according yeah. To, to Paul Saladino, but uh, help us. And we're not drinking milk, it's full of sugar too. So yeah. help us understand, are we getting enough calcium if we're eating um, kind of like a meat lover's diet? What do you think? I, I believe so. Yes. And again, yeah. part of this isn't just what you put in it's what you keep. And so if you are strength training, if you get adequate uh, vitamin D either from the sun or, or a supplemental. Um, so it's not just a, this is an, an interesting thing. So um, uh, uh, folks with osteoporosis, osteopenia are put on a, a drug called Fosamax, which causes the bones to retain calcium. But the thing is, is that people on Fosamax have greater rates of bone fractures because the bone that is built is garbage. Like our, our well-constructed bones are like uh, uh, bridges made with rebar, you know? So there's yeah. protein that gets grown and woven through the bone matrix and it's shockingly strong, but just simply adding calcium to the bones in a disorganized fashion doesn't actually make the bones stronger. That makes sense. And then you also need the resistance training to make the bones- To model it the proper way, yeah. Say that yeah. again. Too. So it remodels the bone. So again, it's strong in the directions that we want it to be strong. So benefit for anyone over the age of 49, like you yeah. and me here, we got to keep our strength training going, right, Rob? Really 29 and up. Like yeah. um, you are in a, a battle against um, the loss of bone density and the loss of muscle mass. And it, it's, uh, it, the, Honestly, what you and I should do at some point is join forces or, around um, sarcopenia because the loss yeah. of muscle mass, it, the potential- Give of, us that term again, the, the official sarcopenia, term. Sarcopenia, it's the loss of muscle mass with aging, yeah. age-related uh, muscle mass yeah. loss. Yeah. The thing that, that kills most people ultimately is really the loss of muscle because your immune system ultimately gets weak. You are incapacitated in a way that you are mo more likely to develop- um, pneumonia, um, complications, even from like, like cardiac events and whatnot. It's this immobility that happens with aging. That is the really big bugger with, with, um, you know, like a long and protracted, uh, kind of decline. Whereas yeah. people who stay and you don't need to be a professional bodybuilder. You don't need yeah. to spend like 20, 20 hours a week in the gym, but, um, if people are wondering what's one little thing that I could do to, to age more effectively, adding one day a week. And again, it could be 15 or 20 minutes total of full body resistance training. Um, that is, it, it, it's kind of like, would you, if you had $10,000 to put in one bank and it was going to pay you 5% interest or 25% interest, like wow. that extra, that extra day of resistance training is, is that shocking yeah. return. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and it doesn't have to be hard impact because I always, mm -hmm. you know, I've done this with Dr. Oz on air with him where we showed low impact workouts that you can yep. do even just sitting in a chair and coming up. I mean, and, and I'm standing at a desk right now, you know, I'm doing a standing workout right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, they, they, 
uh, Apple, I have good friends at Apple and I've, I've known the fitness director for many years over there in Cupertino. And, you know, that when they created the Apple watch, which I love to wear, it reminds me to always stand up. Right. And, uh -huh. and silly things like standing versus sitting, they, they call sitting the new smoking, but mm -hmm. I mean, not that I'm going to have you stand up as I think you're sitting. I see you're up. <laughs> I am right now. I have a, a standing desk on order, but because there of COVID, you go. like they're all back, back well, order. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. But yeah. Little, simple things like that, that causes yep. us to use our muscles and our yep. bones. So isn't this crazy that, you know, I was whispered in my ear, oh my gosh, if you're doing extended fasting, add bicarbonate and, and calcium because, you know, your bones and all that. But so really, I think... I, I feel like the calcium, and it is coming in meat and things like that, Rob. Yep. Can you explain briefly how a good ribeye has calcium in it, even though we're not it, eating it, all? It, all, all, you know, tissues have sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. It's all part of the, the, the mix okay. there. Yeah. And so a lot good. of people end up doing things like bone broth and, and things like that. And so those and that are- is, And that bone marrow is also has calcium, does it? Bone marrow itself doesn't really have calcium, but the, the process of cooking bone broth, you right. will extract calcium. If we do it old it. school yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Crock pot yeah. or something. And then the bicarbonate, this, uh, arm and hammer. Do we need to be buying this right now? Or would you say, when would, when would it be useful? Or is it truly uh, just unnecessary? Keep it in the refrigerator to refresh it. To, to refresh, refresh it. That, yeah. Do we, or do we it's need funny, to ingest um, it or no? What do you think? Because I know there are products out there. I, I, uh, I have a product I want to show you later to get your thought on it. It's from Costco. So I don't, I don't know. We, we've talked about it and it's got a lot of sugar in it. So I don't think I'm, I, I don't like it, but I've seen other products out there, you know, like a snake juice that has bicarbonate in it. And when I, I tried it once and it bubbles up and all that, but your thought on that, not that it's a horrible product, but it's just not necessary because it doesn't really, is that what, what I, I think I understood what you're saying that it only, it only helps for a moment and then it drops or how does that work? Yeah. I mean, it all, it, I, I think the acid alkaline story has been made really overly simplistic. Um, you think it's a little waked up or a little un... I mean, because people drink like Essentia water and I saw the right. Kardashians, I saw Chloe, who I worked with on Revenge Body, they're drinking this water and it's, it's not, not super expensive, but do you think it's not necessary? I mean, let's be like, as, as, as much as you can share from your sake of being a biochemist, I know you, you base this on the science, right? I mean, it, it, how much it, of that is that, does that help? Or If you need 12 things in your fitness regimen, the uh, alkaline water is number 13. Oh, <laughs> so it's, and we're not saying it's a waste of time. It's a nice spot, but it's number 13 on the list, Rob. Tell, tell us why. Come on now. Yeah, I, I, just you, again, you open the can of worms here. And I'm excited it, because this can save people a lot of money, right, Rob? It, it is not the place to focus. Like, are you sleeping well? Do mm. you do a twice a day, 15 minute um, meditation? Are you resistance training yes. two or three days a week? Are you walking daily? These things are just are you avoiding so, sugar, you know. Are, sugar yeah, did you remove carbs. sugar out, out of your diet like like um, you know, 9 days out of 10. These things are so like take the money to the bank, but folks really like to to get out in the weeds and they're like, well, alkaline water is going to like fix all my problems and I'll still have a a venti, you know, 20 squirt latte with a bagel and and it's just you. not the place yeah. to to focus effort. And, and again, like metabolic acidosis is a real thing, but like I did a, a, a super surface level treatment of that. Mm -hmm. If I were presenting this to like a group of physicians, like I would need to spend two hours to really break down 
the, the, the hows, whys, and what's it's of metabolic acidosis to give it some proper context. And that and, is the term we, we mentioned that of the body's breaking down, but that's what would concern people with bone loss and things like that, yes. right? As well. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and adding bicarbonate is not going to solve that. It, you rather a strength train, right? And, yeah. and continue to eat a ribeye because it's got the calcium we need in there. And, and if our, you know, and, and if for some reason we think, oh my gosh, it's, and I think it's more men than women, if they have, uh, I don't want to say issues going to the bathroom, urinating, but yep. if they have a smell or it's a little harder, what, you know, it's not kidney because people freak out like, oh, am I getting a kidney stone? Is it, is it, I'm too acidic. And, and so I need to use bicarbonate to balance off the pH. But if you do it and, and just were to add it, say if I were added to this, is it really going to do anything, Rob? I mean, help us understand how that may not be the case, right? How Very does it transiently, like for about 20 or 30 minutes, your pH will change a little bit. And then it, the kidneys normalize and it, it goes back to a baseline. And again, it all depends on everything else that you're doing, yeah. whether or not you're in a state of metabolic acidosis or if, if you're at kind of a, an even you know, keel with that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you're, so you give us the thumbs up to just continue doing, if we're going to do a three day fast, not to yep. worry about adding armor and hammer to our water or to anything. We were okay. I mean, it's number 13th on the list, right? It, it, yeah. And again, like it, uh, this is our third, third discussion of disaster pants, but if you want to send somebody to the bathroom, like a, a, a bicarbonate rich drink, Man, they uh, so so interesting <laughs> potential side note. Um, Tell us bicarbonate loading can be beneficial for high level athletes who are doing very intense anaerobic training, you know, like CrossFit or like a, an MMA fight or something like that. Hmm. The huge problem here is to get enough bicarbonate in the body is. It, almost identical to what will give you horrible gut-wrenching diarrhea. So like the, the difference oh. between diarrhea and therapeutic dose is almost non uh, indistinguishable. And so it can be, and has been used as a buffer because of the lactate that, that builds up in muscles and it can help a, a short-term performance, but the, the, the people end up abandoning doing it because they will poop themselves. And so this is again, another, like, I mean, and, and, and that's one way to lose weight, but that's not my, that's not a great my way goal. to lose I, clients I, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. I think we'd lose business. We'd lose clients and right. we'd be in the bathroom all by ourselves. And, right. and let's, right. let's not do that. I don't think we're meant to live in the bathroom, right, Rob? I mean, just to enjoy <laughs> life and travel and have fun outdoors and not be in the corner pooping all the time. Yeah. Water, and it's liquid. It's diarrhea, right, Rob? It's just, it is, it is not pleasant. Yes. No, it's yeah. just, and it's yeah. hard to control. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, this has been so helpful, Rob. I feel like, because that issue was a genuine issue brought to me by a friend and he's like, well, you're going to get weakened bones, this whole three day window. And then you're just eating meat. This is not, that's you're, you're, you're so acidic. So what would I say elegantly if someone's listening and they have someone like that in their lives, maybe it's a, a family member, a loved one, a partner. And they're like, listen, you're doing an extended window fast and, and you're eating meat. You're so acidic. You're going to kill yourself. And, and, and here's a, a super simple thing. Um, so <laughs> instead of having an argument around theory, what I would mm -hmm. recommend is that folks do a DEXA scan, which it gives them a pinpoint accurate measurement of their bone mineral density and also their, their relative body fatness. It's reasonably inexpensive to do these things. Yeah. Follow the zero hunger regimen for 
two months, three months and get it redone. And I will guarantee you that people have improved their bone mineral density, not made it worse. Wow. And then this person who was saying yeah. metabolic acidosis and steak is producing acid and everything. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Well, I, I won't, I won't make it like a, a UFC Gracie challenge, but I, I will just, oh, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I, 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 I would, I, I, if, does this person have a presence on the interwebs? Like, do they, do they have a big stake in, in, you know, no, all this no, type it's of stuff? Just, okay, no, okay. They're, they're it, private. it's not the same, yeah. it's not the same fun, but what I've thrown yeah. out there to folks on this uh, before some of the really say like very plant-based folks is yes. if, if we put a group of people through this and their metabolic health worsens and their bone mineral density worsens, I will close my website and leave the internet. But if they're oh. metabolic, but if they follow this and their <laughs> metabolic health improves, your wife might not like this. <laughs> and their bone, well, no, I I know the science, and so yeah, I am go. completely uh, comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, and if you if their metabolic health improves and their bone mineral health improves, then you, Doctor Vegan, close yes. your website yes. and cease selling your books, and you leave the internet. And nobody has taken me up on this challenge. Well, this yet. is what I think you and I should do. We should talk later in the week if you have time. Thank God it's only Monday. But I've been wanting to do a television program like that, Rob. And I think you and you, you and I talked about it last time, I think, even. We could do something fun. And I bet you guys let us know on the podcast if you'd like to see a show. Because remember the old school Biggest Loser? That was different with Jillian. And, and I know Jillian in Malibu. And, and I've met a few times... Uh, Oh, his name is escaping me. The blonde guy. What's his name? Uh, yeah, he, other... uh, he got super into CrossFit. Um... Yeah, and then he had a heart attack. The poor yeah. guy, remember? He yeah. almost died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. uh, what's his name? Uh, darn it. I just remember Jillian. But you guys remember The Biggest Loser. We should do something like that, but not Bob, like that. Bob Har Harper. Bob Harper. Good old yeah. Bob. Yeah, yeah. Bob's yeah. great. And he, you know, thank God his heart is safe. And yep. he's now a spokesman for all these drugs. I see him on TV, you know, <laughs> more than I do on the, the relaunch of The Biggest Loser. But we could do some, what would we call our show, Rob? We should ask everyone for their feedback because I think we do vegan versus, and I don't know how we throw a little bit of intermittent fasting in there, but you know, like the traditional sad diet, which could be upgraded to more of a plant-based. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of my buddies is Marco Barago. God bless him. He's a smart man, but you know, he's Beyonce's and Jay-Z's trainer and he wrote the green print and he's such a vegan. And I've not had this discussion with him. I, you know, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> he's not been on the show this, this last year either, but he's been busy because he, he literally trains Jay-Z and Beyonce in, in LA and he lives in, in Florida. And I love him to death. He's a good man. He's a Cuban. And he's so passionate about plant-based nutrition. I don't think he's had a piece of meat in years. And, and I feel like he, he's, he's, you've heard of Marco, right? Marco Barago, yeah, yeah, smart yeah. guy. He's not like some guy off the internet who's 22 or something. And, and I know you're not some kid off the internet who's 22 either. And, and, and then we got Paul Saladino, who's definitely Mr. Carnivore. I mean, we could create a really great uh, opportunity to, yep. to test this out. And I bet people listening would watch, right, Rob? I mean, I would. <laughs> it could be fun. And, you know, it, yeah. it, it, I, I think one of the things that would emerge is that yeah. some people do better on different approaches than others. You know, like if we saw somebody see that. Yeah. crater on carnivore and we shifted that person to vegan and we saw somebody not doing so well on vegan and shifted them to like keto slash carnivore, then I think it, 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 it I, the funny thing is that I, I don't, I, I would find something like that interesting because it that says much. that we're all yeah. individuals and there's nuance in the world. Um, for the mainstream media, I'm not sure if that plays as well, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. Like it, but you know? I'd be curious though, like from your biochemical background, 
this plant-based lifestyle, it just doesn't seem like our, and you know, the paleolithic nutrition, you know, and our ancestral health, you've studied this. I mean, you're kind of an expert in that genre too. And, and Mark Sisson taught me a lot back in the day, but I just, I mean, I hate to be so basic and dumb everything down to, well, what did our ancestors do? And what have we done for not just, you know, before the 1930s, like uh, Dr. James talks about how much shifted when yep. the invention of the refrigerator happened in the, in the early thirties. And before then, you know, meat was preserved with salt and we had yep. so much salt and it was so different. And you go back another thousand years and another thousand, you go back a hundred thousand. Mark takes you back two million years sometimes. And what did our ancestors do? I just, as much as they were hunters and gatherers, can you end on this note? Because I know we've been going along here, but share with us maybe from your perspective, as you know, history, a lot of our, our ancestors did more hunting than gathering. And, and when they thrived, it was because they had a kill, right? They ate meat. And, and I don't know how many people were eating broccoli back then. And, and, you know, and kale as Beyonce is God bless her, but we just talked about kale and what it can do to a lot of us, you know, and I get the, the, the how certain cultures may have the bacteria to digest mm -hmm. it, but what, what does the history tend to prove or show that our ancestors ate Rob? I mean, just, that's a, it's a nice way to kind of end it. I know, I know we're going long here, but um, would you mind just for a little bit? One thing that it shows is we've never until modern history seen a vegan society that is completely an artifact of, of modern technology of our ability to have so much wealth and so much comparative excess that some people can choose, have the privilege to choose not to eat animal products. Say that again, because I think you're the first person that has said it so, uh, so elegantly, because mm -hmm. it's a profound little sentence there, it's a statement, right? It, it, it's funny because folks in medical anthropology circles at universities will cringe at this, but the reality is that there are no vegan groups until you hit some sort of a modern society. Now, there are different iterations of vegetarians, uh, like in India, vegetarianism has a pretty long history, although they consumed a lot of dairy, and although they didn't cons uh, generally consume you know, say like bovine protein, cow protein, they did consume yeah. other animal based mm -hmm. proteins and whatnot. And this has kind of varied around the world, but there, there are no V, you know, there are no vegan societies until you hit basically modern times. I mean, and literally you know, uh, it was Beyonce. No, I'm joking. It's not Beyonce, but I mean, when was the first vegan? I don't even remember the term 20 years ago when I wrote my first book to you. I never so heard of we, vegans. It, it, my, I heard my, of, my third book, uh, Sacred Cow. We dig into this. Yes. Bit, oh my it, gosh. It, Let's end on that too. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And, and, and it, a film. It's a film too. Right there's now. a film also. Yeah. Yeah. And it okay. talks about the environmental, ethical, and health considerations of a meat and inclusive food system. Yes, and please. it really wasn't until the early 1800s that you saw the first kind of emergence. It, and it, again, it's, it's popped up in different places. Like in India, there were some pro prohibitions against eating certain foods. And then even within the Abrahamic religions, um, Christianity versus Judaism versus Islam, you know, they're, they're, uh, you don't eat pork here. You can't eat pork there. No, no shellfish here. Yes, yeah. shellfish there. Yeah. So the the different types of foods that folks can or can't eat has really been a major um, <laughs> social identifier. It it identifies in group from out group, and uh, uh, there's some interesting historical stuff to this, like some some very. Uh, uh, 
I won't even get into that right now. That one is too controversial. But there, you have to watch some, the film, right? You get into it in the film. We didn't even get into this particular thing. The thing that's in my head this right now. This will be our third, so, our next it, podcast. We'll do it then. Yeah, yeah. But we might. I'll talk to you offline, and we'll see okay. if you're willing to get into it because it's okay. very controversial. So really? Well, yeah, you know, very I controversial. Think it's a good. It's a good listen, right? It would be probably. It, it, it yeah. could be. It could get us both canceled too. So <laughs> we'll, 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 I'll, I'll leave it we'll up talk to you. Offline. You have, yes, you have better judgment on that, but for th- sure. Put it this way. Um, different iterations of vegetarianism and and even beyond that, just what is allowed versus not allowed within Mm -hmm. dietary practices are are ubiquitous throughout different, different um, cultures. Like it's hard to find a culture that doesn't. And and sometimes it kind of makes sense. Like the prohibition against pork in many ways makes sense in a, in a scenario when that, that pork historically has had trichinosis infection, which is a, a parasitic, uh, infection that once you get it, it's very hard to get rid of and can make you sick. And so like there's, and even it shellfish, sense like, back then. It, sure. yeah, it made yeah. sense back then. Shellfish can be dangerous because of red tide when the shellfish uh-huh. eat um, microorganisms that are, are because of an algae bloom are full of toxins that will kill you like on the so moment. Just skip like it, that it, stuff. And so these religions yeah. kind of generalized it all, but it made sense. It kept it the, made their, their followers healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes it made no sense at all. You know, I mean, occasionally <laughs> that, that, that which was one? also like, which something, like, you like, know, uh, but it just, there's a, this is a common pattern within humanity that we, mm-hmm. we delineate diets that kind of, you know, this is the in crowd, this is the out crowd, but For it sure. wasn't until about the 1800s that you really started seeing a shift from what was basically vegetarian where they would include poultry and some fish and some dairy. And then people started saying, no, you can't have any animal products at all. But it's interesting. This was, was that also, Harvey Kellogg was a part of that. Too? Basically Harvey Kellogg in the West. That's kind of where yes. that whole he had a sanitarium, kind of right? Yeah. And remember yeah. Uh, Matthew Broadwick. Yeah. He was in yeah. A movie. The, the road to Wellville was an amazing yes. movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and was Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins was Kellogg in there. Yeah. I yeah. remember Wonderful that. movie. Yes. And you know, right. these folks had a lot of things, right. They wanted you to be outside. They wanted you to get a lot yeah. of sun. They used hot and cold therapy. They used fasting yeah. to, to varying degrees, yeah. 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 but, um, People had a tendency to get sick and die at these things because they didn't <laughs> eat any any animal products for extended periods of time. Because meat was the devil back then to Harvey Kellogg. Yeah. That's why. Do you know what? So th- this is really funny. What they Tell told us. people, th- th- there was also a very strong religious underpinning to this. And what they noticed was that people who ate meat had a randy libido. And if you took meat out of their diet, both the men and the women had no interest in sex. I heard about this. And isn't this why he created the cornflake? Yes. To lower libido. Yes. I heard this. And nowadays, if, can you imagine he put that on the, on the box of Kellogg's cornflakes? Lowers libido. <laughs> I, mean, it, I, I mean, I guess certain people would still want that, I guess. But I, I, I think it's good to have a healthy libido, right? It, it is a primary indicator of whether yes. or not things are good or bad. You know, Amen. I mean, yeah. we, we, again, backing up just a little bit and thinking about kind of the the naturalistic perspective on this nature kind of wants us to be Randy because you want to I like that word say, say that word again that's a Randy it, it's kind of a British term for it yeah feeling Randy yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> which means uh you know how shall we say how do we uh make it English uh what not to be curt Fris- here, but frisky. frisky frisky hey frisky yeah. yeah yeah and I remember uh Sean Baker Dr. Baker you've you know he's very a much good friend this. of mine yeah 
good yeah. carnivore diet. He he told uh, us when we did our interview many months ago about how men, the greatest way to, if you have good health is you should wake up with an erection. He said it, yeah. you know, and I was like, you know, and for women, he's like, well, that's a little different, obviously, but, you know, he's like, that's a good sign of health. So isn't that ironic how in the Victorian time period, a libido was considered, well, it was religious, I guess it was considered yes. unhealthy, yeah. right? Yeah. And now we know that's not the case. We want our bodies to be functional, right, Rob? And right. we want a healthy libido. And yes, we're saying it here. You want a healthy libido and keeps your marriage happy and keeps things going. You don't have to always be making babies, but you can be healthy. It's a you good sign of blood pressure. Enjoy the, the benefits of a good libido. And what, what's interesting is everything that goes into a good libido Usually you don't have depression. Usually you have good mm -hmm. cardiovascular function. There's all the, like it, 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 good libido is kind of the canary in the coal mine for a lot of other things. And Ooh, that's and well this, said. Yeah. And, and this is one of the things that I think is interesting. Low carb diets are not the right thing for everybody under all circumstances, but one of the big things, both men and women that they report when they get that right. And ironically, when they get sodium right in this story, so like, man, my libido is better than it's been in like 10 or 15 years, you know? Magic. And yeah. 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 No need for Viagra, gentlemen. <laughs> if you have a healthy, I mean, if you follow this possible path, it could be, I mean, you could always use it, I guess, but uh, it's not it, as required, which I would say. It ticks a lot of the boxes of why people end up needing something like Viagra or mm -hmm. antidepressants or, or a bunch of these other things. Yeah. 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 Well, Rob, uh, I'm blown away by everything. I mean, this was amazing. I was blown away from the kale to the spinach to the bicarbonate. I think we covered all matters of questions that I surely have. Is there anything I'm forgetting, Rob, that we wanted to mention? I know you've got an incredible podcast and you've got a challenge going out there. You're getting a million people. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and about your Healthy Rebellion, please? Yeah, yeah. We have the Healthy Rebellion community. It's join.thehealthyrebellion.com. Uh, my wife and I do a weekly podcast where we answer Q&A about topics very like this. And that is also called the healthy rebellion. And then I, I um, you know, over at drinkelement.com with all the my good friends with there. We love that stuff. I mean, you know, we're, we're huge fans of, of your, uh, your, these little packets are they do I call them packets or satchels? What do we call these little guys? You can call them anything you want. <laughs> what do you call We call them packets. I call them yeah. the drink packs. Yeah, yeah the yeah. drink packs. Yeah. I think they're yeah. delicious. They make yeah. zero hunger uh, water easy to make because you just yeah. so rip it and pour. <laughs> it couldn't yeah. be any easier than that. And uh, I feel like today's podcast was so valuable. Um, tell them where you're on social, your Insta and your website one more time, Rob. So we'll robwolf.com. And I spend very little time on social media at this point. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I have a um, Instagram account. It's at Das Rob Wolf, D A S R O B B W O L F. Um, we post clips from like our podcast similar to, to this here, but yeah. and the podcast yeah. name so they can subscribe to it, please. The, the Healthy Rebellion. Yeah, no, it's great. And, uh, and your wife is amazing on it. She's kind of your, uh, your Vanna White, your, you know, she's yeah. there with you at all times. And, and I think it's such a great team that you guys are. And hopefully one of these days I'll come visit you, uh, where you're at or not, not that any of us are traveling. I haven't been on, I've, I've yet to go on an airplane, uh, in, over a year. It's literally been a year now, but I feel like it's through Zoom. Here we are. And yep. you know, you can yep. create great friends through Zoom. I didn't know it was this good, right, Rob? But right, uh, right. 
but we can do this. And uh, let's hopefully talk offline later in the week if you have time. And I got a couple of things I want to share with you. And I'll, I'll, I'll mention everyone to pick up this uh, Wednesday or Thursday, Women's World Magazine. It'll be out uh, nationwide. There's five or six million readers to that. And uh, we're going to be talking about zero hunger, the, the plan and how to make the water. And obviously, uh, we're really grateful to you, Rob, for all your support with all that we're doing. And thank you for being on the show and for a kick-ass 2021 interview here. It's a great way to to kind of end the month, or I guess we're, we're not the end of the month yet, but we're, I think it's the last week in the month. So yep. I'm excited before the Super Bowl and all that. And uh, let's, uh, let's make 2021 our best year ever. And uh, I'm going to say cheers to you, sir, with my, uh, with my zero hunger water. Salud. Salud. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Thank you so much. Peace Take and purpose. Take care. Yeah, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, today's episode is complete, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to ask you to please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast. Uh, and please leave a review on Apple as well. Give it five stars if you think the show has helped you in some way to transform your thinking. I hope it has. And more importantly, share your comments, your review of what today's episode did for your thinking, how it shifted your thinking, and what you got out of it. Because I think that is how we spread this. And for me, this is a revolution. This is not uh, a podcast. This is a way of life. And I hope to transform over a million lives in the next couple of years. And I need your help. So please become part of the Zero Hunger Revolution by leaving that review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing today. Thanks so much. Have a great one. Peace and purpose. And I'll see you on the next episode.